And in order to keep our broadcasting license, we devote Sunday night dead time to public service shows of limited appeal. This is Talk and Audio. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. We'll kick off another week with you. Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Uh, mine was pretty good. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, just me here with you today as Rob, as we sit here right now, uh, late Sunday afternoon, is probably somewhere kicking around Halifax, Stanfield Airport. Uh, maybe, maybe walking through liquid assets which uh, longtime listeners of this show, or maybe uh, maritime travelers, uh, will know or recall is, uh, is a spot just behind security at the Halifax airport. And it's, it's, it's a gorgeous idea. Um, it's an entire storefront that's just full of uh, maritime craft beers and, and wines and, and other things like that, that uh, maybe at the last minute, maybe you found something while you were there uh, that you were sipping on. You go in to try and find it to take home with you. Or, uh, you know, you're just killing time behind security and go in and browse around. Uh, I've been in there a few times. Rob's been in there a few times. Uh, our pal Amy Burke's been in there a few times to, uh, to bring stuff home for me. Uh, she's a peach like that. And uh, he is kicking around the airport uh, at some point this afternoon, hopefully wandering through liquid assets and, uh, and grabbing something uh, for me. Well, uh, before he boards his flight. So he's not here today. Uh, we did mention earlier last week that Graham Nichols would sit in for him today. And, uh, well, he's not here either. A little under the weather. Uh, we kept in touch over the weekend to see if, you know, maybe at the last minute he'd be feeling a little better. Maybe it'd come together and, and we'd be able to, uh, to get something done. It just didn't happen. And, uh, and that happens sometimes, right? It's, uh, it's that time of year and, and man, it seems like everybody's got something, uh, even if it isn't the uh, the COVID. Uh, you know, just as we as we drop precautions and and people start to gather again indoors, um, yeah, it uh, it happens. I'm certainly not suggesting that Graham's done anything wrong, but you know, people are getting sick again. Uh, our pal Vicky Forster, she's been tweeting as uh, I think we all know where she stands on the whole uh, COVID thing and what kind of precautions need to be taken, and uh, I tend to. To not disagree with her. She's tested positive again. And, uh, and so she ran a little experiment of her own as you know, the, the guidelines now all suggest that after five days, you're free to go back to work. You're free to go back to school. Have at it. You're fine. Uh, no, uh, you haven't seen a single scientist say that you've seen employers and, uh, and government types say that as we need to keep the economy booming. Uh, so she has been posting her test results, you know, day six up, still positive, heavy viral lows. <laughs> day seven up, still positive. I guess they want me to go back to work. I'm not going. So, uh, good for Dr. Vicky. She's, uh, you know, look, everybody has their opinions on these things. Everyone's entitled to that. Uh, but I think as far as the science goes, she's doing her best to just show kind of where this is all still at. And, uh, and so God love her for that. So, um, anyway, all that is to say just me today, Rob's away. Like I said, Graham, not able to, uh, to do it. We did reach out, uh, quickly on Sunday morning to one or two people, uh, just to see if by chance they were kicking around, but you know how it is. It's an NFL Sunday. The CFL playoffs are on. Um, it's been a gorgeous weekend weather-wise, so people have, uh, you know, made plans and are doing other things. Uh, you're stuck with just me for, for this one, but, uh, we do have great stuff coming up for you. I mentioned Dr. Vicki Forster there a few minutes ago. Uh, she's coming up in the next little while, uh, this week, 
or she will become a citizen of Canada. And uh, she's been on the podcast a few times to uh, talk Leafs, talk craft beer, talk COVID, all these sorts of things, become a good friend of the podcast. And uh, honestly, I kind of thought that was interesting. What's it like? What is the process like to become a Canadian citizen after moving here from another country? Uh, we always hear and, and you see on sitcoms, mainly out of the US, you know, you get there's a history test and you got you to know things about America that, um, you know, in, in certainly in American sitcoms, obviously, that that no American citizen himself would know, but uh, if you want to come and live here, you're expected to know it. So I'm curious what the process is like to become a Canadian citizen. And uh, she's been through this and she's a good friend of the show. So when uh, we'll get to that, um, when she's feeling a little better, obviously, and after the process is kind of wound down and, um, and uh, she's officially one of us. Uh, so we'll get to that. Also coming up, our buddy AJ Jackieback from TSN Radio. Most of you know him. He's been on, uh, he's been on here several times. Uh, really good friend of the podcast, one of our earliest guests. So I'm looking forward to having him back on the show as well. The voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. We will quickly uh, debrief on the now completed Ottawa Red Blacks season um, and and just see what went wrong. But we've covered it throughout the season. It, the wheels came off fast. They never came back on. At the end of the year, they have to fire Coach Paul Lapalise. Uh, by all accounts, Coach Bob Dice, who had been running the special teams and, and who took over for Lapo, uh, came in and, and did a nice job given the circumstances he was under. I think a lot of people wanted him to do well. Um, and we'll see if maybe he's going to become a candidate to maybe take over as the full-time head coach. None of that has become official yet. They haven't gotten into any of that. Uh, we will ask AJ to debrief on that a little bit with us. But the main reason I wanted to have AJ in is uh, many of you will recall the last time he was on back at the beginning of the CFL season, he let us all know he's headed to Qatar for the World Cup, and that kicks off in just maybe about two weeks, maybe a little less than that, actually, uh, and he's going, um, and uh, I'm fascinated by that, not only because the World Cup is, you know, obviously right there with the Summer Olympics in terms of one of the or the biggest sporting event um, in the world, but also one of just, in general, one of the biggest sports or non, like what's bigger, what brings more people uh, what brings more viewers, what brings more spectators uh, than the World Cup and uh, and obviously the Summer Olympics right there. This is going to Qatar. It's a place people don't often travel. It's a place with a spotty human rights history. Uh, and all of a sudden, yeah, sure, go ahead, take the World Cup. Uh, all eyes will be on Qatar. And our buddy AJ Jakubek is going to be there. So I'm fascinated by the idea of the geopolitics at play with awarding a World Cup to Qatar. I'm fascinated by what Team Canada is going to look like. We saw uh, Alfonso Davies get injured again this week. By all accounts, it appears he'll be okay. He's, he's going to be ready for the World Cup, they say. Um, but, you know, we'll see as it gets closer how that plays out. I'm fascinated by all of it. But I'm fascinated by just the little things. You know, when this many spectators are supposed to descend on a country this small... And uh, with this rigid, you know, these these laws that uh, the Qatar runs with, what does that look like? You get in a hotel room, it's just a standard Best Western. Where's he staying? Can you go out for drinks in a country kind of, you know, run by religion as much as run by law? Uh, Budweiser, I believe, is one of the biggest sponsors of the FIFA World Cup. You allowed to just crack open a... A pint as you're walking around or enjoying the game? Um, is it going to be 35 degrees every goddamn day? There's little things like that. I'm 
I'm intrigued by to see what it's going to look like to travel to Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, AJ is a guy who everybody knows spares no details, so he is the perfect guy to come in and do this. So that's coming up as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to have him back in studio. And with all that said, we will, and this has fallen through a couple of times now, uh, Graham Nichols has been a great friend of the show. He's been in, uh, he's been on several times. He's never been in studio. And so this was to be his TCA studio debut. We will make that happen. We will get Graham in here. Graham uh, knows his stuff, not just the sends. There was all kinds of things we were going to cover with him. Plus, he's a, uh, a bit of a craft beer connoisseur, which never hurts when you want to be on this show. So we will reschedule at some point over the next little while with Graham as well and get him in here to do that. So uh, stick around for all of it. It's, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks uh, here on the Tall Can Audio podcast. Uh, maybe to go along with the disappointment some of you are are feeling to have uh, just me here today and, and no Graham Nichols. That's a disappointing crack of the beer can as well. Uh, we won't hold it against the beer. Um, yeah, we got business to cover here, but we always start in the same place. Uh, I put in an order last week from the Castle Brewing Company in Castleman, Ontario. Now, if you were to ask me how to get to Castleman from here in Ottawa, I couldn't help you. I know it's not far, but I, I, I really don't know how far out of town Castleman is. Uh, those of you who listen uh, here in the Ottawa area are probably scoffing at this. I didn't grow up here. I'm not familiar with the names of all the little neighborhoods and, and little communities outside of uh, Ottawa. I'm getting there. I'm learning them. I don't know where Castleman is. But what I do know about uh, the beer that I just cracked open here is it's one of the first craft beers I ever tried, um, at least here in Ottawa. This is the uh, Golden Rail Honey Brown from, uh, yeah, the Castle Brewing Company. This is one that I tried several times. And whenever I would go back to this place, I would always have it. I was, uh, I sampled this at uh, Sir John's multiple times on Elgin Street. And it's supposed to be, uh, this was going to sound like I'm shitting all over the place. It's not meant to be that at all. It's a perfectly nice establishment. But they would always talk about how many beers they had on tap. And that was supposed to be one of their big things. But I often wasn't that impressed with the craft beer selection, even when I was just getting into the craft scene, but they always had this uh, golden rail, honey Brown. And I remember trying it the first time I was out with some family and, and had a pint of that. And I really enjoyed it, but the only place I ever saw it was at Sir John A's and, uh, you know, I, you only go there so often. And then the pandemic set in and, uh, obviously you weren't going out at all. And so it had been a really long time since I had this, uh, this golden rail, honey Brown, uh, from the castle brewing company. So I was thinking a week or two ago about where I wanted to do, uh, the next brewery order from, and if I'm being honest, it's been, man, at least six months since we've put in an order from one specific brewery. And if you remember during the pandemic, <laughs> which I don't know. Is it over? You can decide that for yourself. It, lots of people are trying to talk about it like it's past tense. Uh, it's still here. You know what I mean. In the early days of the pandemic, we were doing that a lot. We were ordering directly from breweries, sampling their stuff. That's how I found out about uh, or got to know more about Ridge Rock. That's how I got to know more about Evergreen. Um, lots of breweries like that that I hadn't tried a whole lot. Um, it was ordering directly from the breweries because they were suddenly doing delivery. And so I sort of forgot about the Castle Brewing Company just because, like I said, it had really only been the one beer that I'd ever tried and it was only uh, ever at Sir John A's when I would go out there. 
and I don't know what was on my mind. I was just kicking around looking at different delivery uh, options on different breweries' websites over the last week or two. There are some local breweries who have a ton of work they need to get done uh, on their websites. Um, as I circled around and, and checked out some of that, that they, there's a lot that could uh, that could use some work. But this sprang back to mind was this beer. And I went, I wonder if the Castle Brewing Company is still going. I wonder if they, they're doing the home delivery thing. And so I jumped on their website. And sure enough, they were free home delivery anywhere in the Ottawa region. They do also deliver province-wide. Uh, there's a flat rate for that. I can't remember what it is now, but it would be comparable to uh, to what lots of other breweries are doing. So if you're listening to this outside the Ottawa region, it's certainly still an option for you as well. So I'm surfing around on their website and I'm like, oh, that looks good. There's a, there's a peppermint stout that I wouldn't mind trying. And uh, oh, there's a Pilsner that might be kind of interesting. And so before you know it, you know, you've fulfilled the minimum requirement of of number of beers that you have to order to get that, uh, the free delivery and you went, the hell let's, uh, let's order from, from the castle brewing company. So this is the first time we've ever ordered from them. And, uh, honestly, uh, this is the honey Brown. Uh, it's what I was feeling today. It is the one that made me order from there, but we did get a bunch of other stuff from their brewery as well. So look for that to be sprinkled in, uh, you know, throughout the next couple of weeks, we'll try some other beers from the castle brewing company, but, uh, this one, it lives up to. Uh, sometimes you build things up in your head, right? Oh, I remember I really liked this one. And then you have it, and you're like, no, you, you've kind of oversold it in your own mind. You've kind of built it up in your own head. Uh, this one's living up to the hype that I had built up for it. Uh, enjoying it here on the first couple of pulls. So we'll be rolling with that here for the next little bit. Speaking of beer, I thought I'd report back on a little adventure I took over the weekend. And that was to, uh, or on one of these, uh, if you're from the Ottawa area, maybe you've already heard it. Maybe you've done it yourself. Uh, Brew Donkey beer tour. So Brew Donkey is a, is a company here in Ottawa and they organize these uh, brewery tours and I, they may do a couple other things as well. But depending on the weekend, depending on the day, you know, it might be three breweries, it might be four or five breweries. Sometimes there's a lunch built in, sometimes there isn't. But you meet them and you jump on a bus with your party, you know, one or two is, or you can rent a bus yourself for a bachelor party or a family outing or something. Or uh, in our case, there was six of us in our group and then uh, two other couples, I believe, and then one guy kind of traveling on his own, if I remember correctly. And uh, we were going to three different breweries. And look, I had a friend of mine invite me along on this as, uh, you know, it was it was her birthday and, and she wanted, uh, you know, she wanted us to come along and, and to try this. And we were all into the craft beer thing, so so why not? And uh, so we met up and it, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's just a school bus. Now the seats are a little different. It's kind of, there's still like that same material that you remember school bus seats uh, were made out of, but up and down each side, there's kind of a U like there's a, their seats are facing each other. And then there's kind of one solo one in the middle. Like clearly they're just trying to pack a couple extra people when they need to on there. Uh, it wasn't necessary for, uh, for our group, but that was a little strange. And then it was off to three different breweries. And so. Uh, we went to the Vimy Brewing Company and then out to Dominion and then uh, over to the Bicycle Craft Beer Company or Brewing Company. Uh, you all know Bicycle. Um, look, it's it, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. There's a couple things I guess I could nitpick at, but I really, I don't want to that much. Like, I don't want this to sound like a negative experience at all. We had a good time. They uh, They send a tour guide essentially along with you. 
who sort of tells you a little bit about the craft beer industry and answers some questions on that sort of thing if you need to, but is also just sort of in charge of making sure everybody gets in and, and gets, um, gets settled and organized and the, everything goes smoothly along the way. So the guy that came with us, his name was Dan, and he was a really nice guy. He was pretty funny. He was uh, also quite knowledgeable on the uh, on the craft beer scene in Ottawa, so that was pretty cool. Like, you didn't feel ripped off by the person that was uh, being sent along with you. So we went to Vimy first, and you guys have heard me speak quite highly of the Vimy Brewing Company in the past. Uh, Mike and Kevin are the owners over there. They're both really good guys. Uh, I'm extra partial to them as they're Oshawa boys. I grew up down there. Um, they've hooked us up with some beer before and, uh, and just their product is always really nice. And listen, um, you've heard me say before on this show, the best stout in Ottawa. And, uh, it's frequently the beer that is on tap in the, uh, in the keg here, uh, in the TCA studio. So honestly, I didn't even know, I knew what the, the brew donkey tours were, but I didn't know which breweries we were going to until I showed up and we were already sitting on the bus and I asked my friend who'd organized the thing, where are we going? And, uh, so when they said Vimy, I said the same thing to them that I've said to all of you on this, uh, on this program before best out in Ottawa. Right. And, uh, there was a lot of ooing and awing, right? Like that, that, that's heady praise and that they were going to have to, uh, to live up to that. And so when you walk in, uh, and they do this at each of the breweries, but when we walked into Vimy, um, everybody sits down at the, the table in their, uh, their kind of their pub room and there's handed out, uh, everybody got f- a flight with, uh, four small, like sample glasses of each beer and the stout wasn't on there. Uh, they had their, I believe it was their cream ale, which is quite nice. Uh, their red, which is very, very good. That's one my dad and I both enjoy quite a bit and, and have to circle back and, and purchase quite often. And then they had two IPAs, uh, a West Coast and a New England IPA, which were also both quite nice. But uh, yeah, the stout wasn't uh, part of the of the flight. And so uh, Mike comes out who owns the brewery and he's talking about the history of their brewery and where it came from and why they started it and what they do and everything. And uh, someone asked a question and said that uh, we've been promised that uh, you guys have the best stout in Ottawa. He goes, well, because the odds are pretty good because... Our stout just won a, I think he said a bronze medal uh, for the Ontario Wide Craft Beer Awards. And so it would be hard not to be the best stout in Ottawa if it was, you know, a top three stout in the country or in the province. I actually can't remember now. Either way, heady uh, competition, right? Heady talk that, uh, that this is a very good stout. But it it wasn't currently being canned. It was only available on tap and it wasn't part of the, uh, the flight. So... After you sample uh, your your four uh, sample glasses, right? You finish your flight. They take you back to the uh, you know the brew room, kind of in behind um, where they're making the beer, right, and producing the product, as opposed to where you, we were sitting out front initially in kind of this you know pub setting. And they walk you through it, and here's how it works, and here's how what these tanks do, and here's what these lines do, and here's how the beer is made, and they answer uh, any questions that you might have. And then uh, you have a few minutes before you're getting back on the bus. So if you want, you can go out front and buy some cans of something or buy a pint and sit back down. So most people bought the stout. And uh, I can I can happily report that everybody uh, agreed. It, it was a very, very good stout. So I got talking to Mike there at the end, and, and he also reported that uh, it might be time to uh, circle back and drop us off a little more product here at the studio as well. So we always appreciate that. Um, the, the guys over at Vimy, very good guys, both uh, – both served uh, as well in the military, so uh, happy to support them whenever we can. From there, and this was funny, 
those of you who know the craft beer scene in Ottawa will recognize that this is odd right away because we were supposed to go to Bicycle and Dominion were the other two breweries on our, uh, our list. Bicycle's like two doors down from Vimy. I'm exaggerating a little, but not that much. They're very close. They're very, um, you know, they're located close together in the same area uh, of Ottawa, but uh, they loaded us on the bus, took us out to Dominion, and then after Dominion, we came back to Bicycle, which seemed odd in terms of mileage, in terms of these sorts of things. We quickly discovered uh, amongst ourselves that the idea is the drive from Vimy out to Dominion and then back to Bicycle is meant to give you just a little time and not to sober up because no one was hammered or falling, uh, you know, falling all over themselves. And, um, but, you know, an extra couple minutes in between each brewery maybe stops it from getting particularly sloppy. Uh, so we think that is the, the, the rationale behind instead of just going the, the block or two from Vimy to Bicycle and then out to Dominion, it was Vimy out to Dominion and then back to Bicycle. You're kind of like, all right, I see what you're doing here. And it really, at the end of the day, it wasn't a terrible idea um, to do it that way. So we get to Dominion and um, you guys, uh, like I said, if even across the province, um, the, you see a lot of Dominion stuff in the LCBO. And I like them because they're not uh, they're not afraid to experiment at all. Um, kind of like I always reference Five Paddles down in Whitby. Dominion makes a lot of different beers. They're happy to experiment. They're happy to try different things. And I like that. And not all of it works, right? When you're going to experiment a lot, a certain percentage that, of that is going to fail. Um, I'm not uh, suggesting that Dominion fails a lot. I'm just saying it means occasionally you're not going to love everything that comes out of there. So we go into Dominion and uh, same thing. Um, instead of giving us our flight all at once up front, uh, they gave us one to try at the table and then they kind of take you through their whole brewing process and they have a large facility out there. And as you're going through, someone comes around with a pitcher and is filling up your sample glasses with the second one and then they disappear. And a few minutes later, somebody comes back with the third one. And so you're sort of getting your samples as you're doing the tour, as opposed to kind of hanging out, drinking, talking about the beers and then going for a quick tour, uh, just a different way of doing it, but certainly I, I don't know that one was better or worse than the other. And then when you finish up, uh, go back out front again, you have a couple minutes. I got a, uh, a, uh, a picture of, they didn't, I, I was disappointed basically on uh, this is the time of year. Uh, there wasn't a lot of stouts kicking around and I know Vimy's pretty traditional. They only have the one and they did have it on tap, but it wasn't available in a can. Uh, this one, uh, when we were at Dominion, I don't know, they were kind of offering up two that they said were like stouts, but they were brown ales, basically, um, is what I would call them. And th there was nothing stout, like really, in my opinion, about them. They weren't bad beers by any means, but they were closer to a brown ale than a stout, in uh, in my opinion. Um, the other interesting thing, and this is true of Bicycle as well, um, and I don't know how many resources you want to devote to tour groups, but when we were at Vimy, we spoke to the owners and so they can answer all your questions and they're also the brewers, right? And so they can take you in depth and in detail on what they do and why they do it. At the next two places, it was an employee who I'm sure knows something about their beer. Uh, they were both very friendly and, and very helpful at both of the second two breweries. 
but they're there to help run the counter and, and sell the product and stuff. They're not the brewers. They're not the owners. And so there was a little less detail, right? A little less um, uh, depth maybe in, in what they were telling us about their process and their, uh, you know, their brewery. And, and it was fine. Like I said, I, it's not meant to be a complaint about the facility or, or the beers or whatever, but just who's available to kind of take you on this tour and tell you about it. And obviously when you get the owner and the head brewer to do it versus, you know, the guy who's there to, you know, jack of all trades, work behind the counter and help out with everything, but isn't the main brewer and isn't the owner, you're going to get a slightly different vibe and a different level of, uh, of answers and, and tour and stuff. So everyone was very friendly, but uh, that would be maybe the one thing that you could nitpick at just a little bit. Uh, and the other thing I would say, because we did, uh, yeah, we did get on the bus afterwards, head back to bicycle and, uh, we sat down at the table there, I think tried two samples, took our third sample into the back, same thing, you know, here's our brewery, here's a bunch of big tanks and lines and here's whatever it might be. And then you're back out and you have your third and your fourth, uh, sample and then you can buy what you want. And I did buy some stuff from, uh, from bicycle as well. I'll talk about that in a second. By the end of it, I think for some people on the, the tour, maybe in terms of a little constructive feedback, I don't know how interesting it was for some people to go into the back of three different breweries and basically have people point it, you know, it, essentially you're looking at a lot of lines and a lot of big tanks and vats and stuff like, like once you've seen it, you've sort of seen it. And unless you have something special, unless yours is got something noteworthy or with a story behind it or something, maybe you don't need to do that at every brewery that you stop at. And I, I get that maybe that takes away a little bit, right. For some people, like this is supposed to be a brewery tour. And if you are a nerd, if you're, and I say that lovingly, uh, if you're a craft beer nerd, if you're a brewery nerd and you know what you're looking at it's probably really interesting to go behind the scenes at all three breweries. But for a lot of us who are interested in the beer, certainly want to sample the stuff, certainly want to try your product. You're just sort of looking around, like I said, at kind of an industrial room with a bunch of hoses and tanks and, and stuff like that. And it, it you know, it, it, and part of that is probably compounded, like I said, by the fact that at the first stop where we saw the first brewery, we were also talking to an owner and a brewer and then on the second two, the two people that we spoke to um, weren't quite that high up the food chain, so also had less to tell you, and you're seeing it for the third time. You're kind of like, all right. Um, you know, it, it's something to think about, something to, to tweak. It wasn't boring by any means, but there was a certain amount I felt when we, you know, our group talked about it. Like, once you've seen one, unless there's something special back there, we've probably seen them all, right? It, just as happy to go sit in the storefront, try your beers, try your product hear about the brewery, but how much people were still getting out of actually going back into the brewery area and seeing everything. I'm not, I'm not super sure, uh, you know, what was, uh, how much, uh, if, if there was some sort of diminishing returns there, I think, uh, the one thing I would also say, uh, over a bicycle and, and those of you who know, bicycle craft brewery, um, a lot of their stuff, the overwhelming majority of their stuff is IPA and they do it very well. That Velocipede, which is their highest selling, um, IPA that, or beer in general that they make over there is a great beer. Um, but they don't make a lot of other stuff. And so, uh, you know, I tried a few of their IPAs while we were over there and they were 
as good as promised, right? You'd expect a good IPA to come out of the Bicycle Craft Brewing Company. The other thing, uh, or the one thing I would say though, is they, they, they tempted me and we're going to have a bit of a contest here or uh, an evaluation here in an upcoming episode. They were making a stout, which they don't do often. And uh, the guy might've even said that uh, it was their first stout. So um, yeah, I had to pick up a couple. They came in a bottle. So I bought a few of those, brought them back here to the studio. They're sitting in the fridge. We will wait and uh, we'll get into that on another day. But I'm interested to try this stout from the uh, Bicycle Craft Brewing Company. Uh, all in all, it's a fun afternoon. Um, if you're thinking about doing it, if you're into the craft beer thing or, you know, just looking for something to do, uh, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, they do a nice job. Now our day was enhanced by the fact that it was 23 degrees, despite it's the first week of November. That was a little odd. I don't know what the vibe is like in February. You're getting on and off this cold bus and everybody's covered in snow and going in and out with winter coats and stuff. I, I don't know what we did. Uh, at the time of year we did it with the weather we did, um, it was a lot of fun. The brewers were all incredibly happy to have you there. Obviously somebody coming in and, and buying product being brought in in groups. Um, uh, I will say that my friend who tried to book it, uh, had problems would be overstating it, but we had booked for the Saturday afternoon and, uh, they called my friend back and said, uh, do you want to go ax throwing instead? And they're like, no, like we booked a brewery tour. I assume that the axe throwing company and the brew donkey company is maybe the same company or partner up together. Uh, they didn't have at that time enough people on the bus, uh, or booked to go on the bus to want to run it. And so I'm sure the idea was we could move you over to do this thing instead and we can keep your money and, and you'll still have something to do. We said, no, um, that wasn't of interest to us. We wanted to do the craft brew tour or nothing. And, uh, so sure enough, a day later they, they did call back and say, we're going to run the tour, whether the extra body or two signed up late, uh, maybe put it over the top, or they just decided we'd rather have your money and make a little less profit than we normally do. I'm not sure, but heads up for that. If you're booking that, you know, if the numbers are low, they may try and push you onto something else. We declined that and did end up getting to see the tour run anyway. So something to keep in mind for yourselves. Otherwise, yeah, it was fun. Like I said, Dan, who was our tour guide, uh, really knowledgeable guy, really friendly guy, happy to, uh, you know, keep the, uh, keep everybody talking, keep everybody having a good time. And, and we certainly did. So, uh, brew donkey here in Ottawa. Um, yeah, worth, uh, worth a look if you're into such things. I've seen, uh, other friends take their dad out on father's day. Uh, I've seen it as birthday thing. I've seen it as a bachelor party thing. And, uh, like I said, just for, uh, just for killing an afternoon, if you want to, it was, uh, well worth the trip. We liked it. I guess I should mention, uh, well worth the trip. 80 bucks ahead is the one that we did. I did check around on their website. There were some that were 95 bucks ahead, uh, that maybe added an extra brewery or added a sandwich or something for lunch. This one ran from one to 5 PM. So there wasn't really a meal time in there, uh, but they did offer some scones as a snack halfway along the way. So that was something as well. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking to check it out, it appears to be anywhere from 80 to 95 bucks ahead, depending on, uh, the tour you choose. They do go to different breweries. Uh, depending on the day or the weekend and uh, what's going on there. So it won't always be Vimy, Dominion, and uh, and Bicycle. But uh, check it out if you're into such things. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, to mention here this afternoon, I've mentioned on the show several times before, 
I am into, uh, was always big into the show Friends. It's one of those ones, much like The Simpsons, that I can quote and, and know way too many lines. I've watched way too many times over and over, like so many people. I did see that uh, uh, last week, uh, Matthew Perry, who played Chandler, had, uh, had released a book. And it is called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And so I picked it up. I wanted to, to give it a read. I'm a nerd for Friends. I've always thought he was a talented actor and, uh, frankly, was just looking for something new to read uh, outside of the sports realm as I'd kind of been ODing on, uh, on the sports books a bit lately. So I checked that out. It's dark. Uh, I should tell you that. It is a really interesting read, but he, it is not a book that takes you inside the different seasons of Friends and, you know, that sort of thing talks you about, you know, negotiating new contracts. It touches on that a little bit. This book is overwhelmingly about his battle with addiction, uh, his multiple trips to rehab, the medical problems it's caused him over the years, some of which I was completely unaware of. I had known He'd struggled with addiction in the past. I knew he had been to rehab at least a couple of times. I did not know the detail. Um, I did not know the depths of which he'd, you know, been through this. It's dark. It pulls no punches in terms of the the physical state it left it, it him. Uh, it left him in multiple times. He takes you deep inside some of his therapy sessions. This is not a lighthearted, could I be any more funny Chandler book. It was not at all what I expected. It, and when I say not what I expected, when you read, you know, the description or the summary or the, you know, the, the jacket cover of the book, it tells you that's what this is about. But when you hear that Chandler from Friends is releasing an autobiography, you know, you sort of assume the usual stuff that, that comes out of these celebrity memoirs. He does not pull back at all, um, talking about his, the depths of the depressions that he would sink into. Um, really interesting read. If you want to check it out, uh, I will put the, uh, the links in the show notes. And if you buy the book through those links, TCA gets a bit of a kickback. So consider that if you are looking to pick it up, whether it be on Kindle, audiobook, or, uh, you know, hard copy, uh, you know, if you click through our links, we'll get a bit of a kickback. If you're into such things, like I said, check it out because, you know, he talks about how, you know, in the if you kind of watch the series, he fluctuates quite a bit in weight and appearance. Like he talks about the second half of season three of Friends. He's incredibly skinny and unhealthy looking because he's just completely strung out. Uh, there were multiple seasons of the show held up because he had disappeared and gone to uh, a different rehab um, to try and get straight. Uh, the, he talks about returning from one of them because production had been shut down and Jennifer Aniston, who played Rachel, looking at him and telling him how mad she was at him, not just because of what he had done to the show and holding it up, but what he was doing to himself, um, you know, and how that was making the rest of them feel. Like I said, it, it pulls very few punches. He talks about what it's done to his relationships. It talks about, uh, you know, what it's done to his career, which really didn't go very far after Friends. He was in some things. He wrote a couple of things. Uh, you can remember he was on the West Wing for a little while. Uh, Aaron Sorkin put out another show not long after the West Wing ended uh, that uh, that Perry was supposed to be a part of. I think it was called, what was it, Studio 60 on the Strip or something like that. It was supposed to be, um, 
you know, behind the scenes of like Saturday Night Live, like a, a made up, a fictional Saturday Night Live. And this is the, the story of the cast, basically. He was a part of that. It only lasted one season. Um, his career after Friends, and sometimes you get typecast a little bit, but a lot of these actors did manage to go on and have other careers and do bigger things. Well, not bigger things, do other things after Friends, and, and he just never really did. And some of that is is the addiction and the depression and stuff. It's it's a fascinating read, but it is not a lighthearted read. It's it's going to be dark. Uh, so, like I said, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite uh, maybe what you would expect when thinking back about you know friends in this kind of sitcom world. Uh, this was a much darker read than that. So, uh, like I said, the sh- the links to it, if you want to check it out, will be in the show notes at talkandaudio.com or wherever you're hearing this, uh, on your podcast app. If you click through those, we'll get a kickback. The book is called, uh, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry. Just quickly, before we put this one to bed, why don't we reference that, uh, as we release this episode, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have won three in a row. And I would direct you back to episode 1031 with Maddie Lang earlier in the week where we talked about the overreaction season that was, uh, setting in already uh, around the media, around the fan base. And look, the team was not terrible when uh, we wrote that. They're not great now just because they've won three in a row. But things move very fast, and they just picked up six points this week. Uh, That's points in four straight games as well when you count the overtime loss to Anaheim. And again, we referenced it on that last episode that had they beaten Anaheim in overtime... The whole thing feels very differently, doesn't it? But it's a three-on-three coin flip in that Anaheim game that turns everything on its head. So uh, just a couple quick notes coming out of this one. They do uh, beat Philly on Wednesday. And then, of course, Boston and Carolina back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. Look, those are the two best teams so far in the Eastern Conference. So you, I mean, you literally did all you could in these games to, to show that the team was rebounding and, and maybe coming together a little bit. You also did it with your, what, fourth and fifth string goaltenders uh, as the tandem uh, heading into that Sunday game. The Sunday game, and I think they mentioned it on the broadcast, was a guaranteed loss night. That's a scheduled loss night. I'd even said it to somebody earlier in the day. This could be an ugly one. You know, you just had the big emotional win over Boston on Saturday night. Then you got to travel. And then it's a 5 p.m. start, so it's not even a full 24 hours. It's Carolina where there's no rivalry and they're an incredibly good team and you're running in there uh, with the emotional letdown of starting your third string goalie there was every reason to believe that one was going to go poorly and for the first half of the game it did but they found their legs they found their game and pulled it out Uh, for everybody out there who loves to give you that Willie doesn't work hard that Willie Willie doesn't give those effort plays you can go ahead and check out that 3-1 goal where he's at the end of an incredibly long shift beats one of the best defensive defensemen in the league in Jacob Slabin. And then, uh, yes, you'll say thank you to Freddie Anderson for giving up the soft one. Us Leaf fans are familiar with seeing those backbreakers in the third period. But that's all Willie to make that happen. And if I could be so bold as to direct your attention just one more time, back to that episode 1031 from earlier this week with Maddie Lang, we talked about maybe flipping the wingers on the uh, top two lines, right? Maybe put Mitch back with JT, maybe put Willie back with Austin Matthews just to see how it works. It doesn't have to be permanent, but just for a while. But with Tavares' first season in Toronto, he played with Marner, put up 47 goals, and Marner had maybe the best year of his career at that time as well. 
And we've seen since the day they came into the league that Needlander and Matthews are capable of playing together and looking pretty good when they do it. Midway through this game, they did flip, uh, and both of those pairings end up scoring goals in this game. So, I don't know. I got to give us the credit for that. Obviously, Keith listens to this program. Finally decided it was time to, to listen to the TCA boys and, and make that move, I assume, is probably what happens there. Uh, look, they've still got a tough game coming up uh, against Vegas. Um, Shalgren did enough in that second game against Carolina uh, to win it. But, I mean, even the goal he did give up was... Oof, not a goal you want to see go through him. It's a carom play, and then it gets banked in off of him. It, it, it's kind of ugly. Um, you know, this still has the potential to be rough going, and, and they did report. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. One of the uh, the media members had tweeted out that, uh, that Sheldon Keefe said he expects Matt Murray to start practicing with the team again on Tuesday. Well... I'd read uh, James Myrtle and a couple other reporters earlier in the week suggesting that Matt Murray is still weeks away. Now, just because Samsonov goes down doesn't mean you want to start rushing people back, and it certainly doesn't mean you want to start rushing Matt Murray back. The guy has been hurt a pile of times. There's going to be injury concerns, clearly for at least the rest of this season, uh, You know, assuming he gets back and playing. You can't rush this guy. And I get it. Everybody's a little freaked out. How bad do you want to see Keith Petrozelli? How many more times do you want to keep seeing Eric Schalgren and, and rolling the dice on that? But it doesn't mean you can rush Matt Murray back. So the fact that I went earlier in the week from seeing he's probably a couple of weeks away to seeing, you know, the day after Samsonov gets hurt to, well, he'll practice Tuesday. That's alarming to me uh, that they may uh, turn the page on that quite so quickly. Uh But all of this is just to say that this team was never as bad as they looked on that road trip. I still think there are some holes that need to be fixed, although seeing Timothy Lilligren back in the lineup seems to have steadied things a little bit on that back end, uh, which is cool to see. But you just, you can't ride the roller coaster with this this market and the the way this team gets covered. You will make yourself crazy. Jeff Vallette, who comes on this program every year to help tee up the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs with that season preview. He has a bit of a saying, I might butcher it a little bit, but uh, the spirit is there, and he says it all the time on Twitter, um, that the fan base treats every loss as a disaster, every win is irrelevant, and that you can't live that way, right? That the Leafs, a win doesn't matter, because they're supposed to be good, and they're supposed to make the playoffs, but every loss, holy shit, that's a referendum, that's a problem, that's a disaster. If you're going to live your life as a sports fan that way, you're not going to have very much fun. If you dismiss every victory, but harp on every single loss... It's a hell of a way to go through a season, and uh, you probably won't enjoy it very much. Uh, So the Leafs win three in a row, including, uh, like I said, a weekend against Boston and Carolina that that showed something and overcame. Um, Honestly, they did show something here with that, uh, like I said, looked like a guaranteed loss night, looked like a scheduled loss night after the travel and the letdown and everything going into it. They managed to pull it out, get it done. Uh, Tavares scores, continuing with more of that captain shit. And uh, William Nylander with a big effort play there late to, to put the insurance goal in. Pretty cool to see, uh, but uh, yeah, still difficult times ahead. So uh, we'll get out of here on that note. Uh, Rob will be back next weekend, back in studio. Uh, like I said, hopefully uh, hopefully he's brought me something from that uh, liquid assets. We'll, we'll see what that's all about. And also upcoming episodes with, uh, with our buddy AJ Jackiebeck and Dr. Vicky Forster. Uh, all to come in 
the next couple of weeks. So stick around for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you all for sticking with me on this one. A solo episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Um, you know, sometimes you wonder whether it's worth doing these ones solo. I know the uh, the conversational shows are a little bit more enjoyable. But honestly, when you think about it, it's very cool that you guys choose to spend some time with us. And so you do, you feel just a little bit of responsibility to uh, to get something else out anyway. And uh, and say thank you to you guys for, for sticking around. And, and that Monday show is something we take some pride in getting out every single week. So we wanted to, uh, to do that. Thank you for checking it out. Hope you all have a great week. My name is Matt Robinson, and we will catch you on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?